You're listening to the You Got Jobbed podcast. <laughs> this is episode 36. Hello, welcome to the You Got Jobbed podcast. This is Suzanne Yigley, and today I'm here with nobody. And the reason is that I have been dogged by a few friends of mine. You know who you are. And uh, it's been a bummer. I've been um, setting interviews up. Geez, I gotta pick this up a little bit. It sounds pretty somber. Anyway, I've been setting interviews up and then um, getting canceled on pretty much, I don't know, for the past week. And so I refuse to get stressed out. And, you know, when I started doing the interviews 15 years ago at the website, I did it because. I had my own funny stories to tell, or what I thought were funny, um, slash sad. Anyway, I've had I had a bunch of different jobs, and I kind of wanted to tell those stories, but I decided that it would be easier to tell other people's stories and a lot less scary. And so I spent all these years telling other people's stories, which has been great, and which I really love. And which I hope to continue to do. But, you know, this podcast can be whatever I feel like it. Whatever I feel like. <laughs> um, and so what I'm going to do is just tell you a story of a job I had one time. And you're welcome to turn it off. <laughs> My husband was kind of saying, why are you doing this again? I'm like, I, I don't really know. You know, I started doing it, and I have the equipment set up, so I might as well just put this out there and see how it goes. Stranger things have happened, right? It's like, whatever. Maybe I'm just talking to Esther over in Issaquah <laughs> and uh, talking about, okay, actually, I just have to stop for one second. If I were talking to Esther, um, did you guys see the Shape of Water movie with... Um, so that fish man and then the lady who is mute, she can hear, but she can't speak. And I didn't see it, but my husband saw it and he came home and I asked him about it. And he said, you know what you'd never see coming? And I said, what? And he said, the lady has sex with the fish man. And turns out that I said, oh my God, do they show it? Sorry, I just ate a bunch of York peppermint patties and I'm a little bit burpy. Anyway, do they show them having sex, her and the fish man? He said no, but because she can't speak, she like mimes like how the man's fish penis comes out. And I'm really appalled by this. And I'm sure that if I saw the movie, I would think it was fine. But I haven't seen it. All I can picture is Mike, my husband, miming a fish penis. <laughs> Yes, I'm a lucky, lucky lady. Okay, so the story I want to tell today is about a time that I spent working at a titanium plant in Oregon. 
when I was in my 20s, I had a string of unusual jobs or interesting jobs, silly jobs. Um, and one of them was titanium plant. And just to set the stage, I was 22 years old, 22, I think, maybe 23, I think 22. And my friend and I had just moved out to Oregon, to Corvallis, Oregon, which is sort of a small farming town, has Oregon State University there. We didn't even know there was a university in the town, even though we got an apartment literally a block or two from the university. We didn't even know that there was a college there, <laughs> but uh, it's a big college town um, and has bike lanes and it's very bike friendly and college student friendly. And so it was really great. We were only a year or two out of college. So uh, we moved there, but we had no money, which was great. Um, and in fact, this is such a movie, like, let's not a movie, it was such a story about what year was this? 94. Um, we, I remember on our way driving there, we stopped in Salem, Oregon, or we drove out specifically to Salem uh, to see the Dave Matthews Band. And we put, we paid cash for tickets at the little ticket window. And I remember paying in our last cash and change. We were literally putting change on the counter, but you could just buy a ticket to see Dave Matthews Band, and I swear to you, it was like $25. I, I must be not remembering this correctly, but that's how we spent our last cash. So we were completely broke, and we moved into this one-bedroom apartment, which I guess I got on credit, or maybe I wrote an out-of-state check. Um, and at the time, banks didn't have locations, or you couldn't it's not like Bank of America is today where you have a bank all across the country and you just have a, an account in Pennsylvania and you move across the country and you still, your ATM card still works, your bank account still works. No, you had a, I had an account in Pennsylvania. I moved to Oregon. I had, I had checks from that account in Pennsylvania, but I had no way to get that cash out as far as I remember. I think I had an ATM card and maybe I could use it a, to, with a huge fee to get money out, but there wasn't enough money in there anyway. So my friend and I moved to Oregon. We have no money. We slept in my car a few nights. And I remember specifically um, one morning we had driven up into the woods, two girls single sleeping in my Dodge Daytona up in the woods. I don't know why we thought that was a safe place to go, but we're just like, we'll drive way up into the woods and then park the car here and hope to not get murdered. And we did. We slept in the car. We reclined the seats and tried to sleep in the car. Then we drove back down into town and uh, I went in the Carl's Jr. bathroom. Carl's Jr. is like a, I don't think I've ever eaten there. It's a burger joint. And I remember like kind of washing my armpits out from the sink. <laughs> anyway, so where was I? We're, we're, we got an apartment somehow. I must have paid with this check from Pennsylvania. And we, we get this apartment. So now we're in the apartment and it's empty. Like there's no furniture. It's just us and our sleeping bags on the floor. And I had a Snoopy phone uh, that I had brought with me, like this giant Snoopy phone. I have no idea why. And I don't think we had a TV, or we might have had a 13-inch black and white TV, but I don't know if we did. I just remember feeling we did a lot of nothing. Like, we had nothing. <laughs> we didn't even have a chair to sit on. And then, eventually, a few weeks later, I was bicycling. I bought a bicycle for, like, $20. I was bicycling around town, and I saw a chair th that had the sign that said free on it. It was like a 
it looked like something out of a psychiatrist's office in the 60s. It was like green, um, what do you call that, vinyl with like buttons. Um, and it was, anyway, I biked my little heart out to get home and I was like, we gotta go, we gotta go. So we drive my, my car wasn't working. It was basically going, like shaking and spitting black smoke out the back. And it was eating up tons of gas, but we drove over and we got the caught that chair and we brought it home. And then we took turns sitting in the chair. (laughs) We were so excited to have a single chair to sit in. So we'd take turns sitting in the chair. I should, that's what I should call this episode. Turns sitting in the chair. Let me write that down. Turns in the chair. That sounds like the electric chair. Okay. So we, we show up here in Oregon and I'm not even going to tell you why we moved to Oregon in the first place. It's, that's a whole. (laughs) So anyway, we're going to make a fresh start here in Oregon, my girlfriend and I, my friend. And, um, some days when we were bored, we would go walk over to the river and just like jump in the river and kind of float down the river um, until many years later, somebody told me that there was like a sewage plant that would let sewage out right near there. But again, it never occurred to us. I, I don't know why we even thought it was safe to jump in the river, but we did. Anyway, so we needed to get jobs like desperately. And she was an exchange student from South Africa because, right, that's what you were expecting. And I was, you know, had a college degree, but no, no real, well, I had a lot of work experience, actually, that's a whole other thing. But we start putting out resumes, the help wanted ads in the paper are very small, there's not much in there at all. But we apply to everything, and we don't hear anything. And I think I am going to take a little sidebar to tell you what happened in the meantime. (laughs) Another quick story was that the first job that we actually did get a call back was to do a paper route and we were like oh my god if we can do this paper route because the other thing was you know she wasn't from America she I think her time had expired where she was supposed to be working so she kind of had to find something maybe under the table let's just say so the way we thought was well this newspaper route is a pretty independent thing so we'll get this route and she I'll sign up for it I'll do all the taxes and stuff but she can actually do the work for me and no one will know so the night comes, they say, okay, you have to come down to the newspaper place to pick up the newspapers. Don't worry, I'll get to the titanium plant. Anyway, you have to pick up the newspapers at like three in the morning. I think it was three. So we go to bed that night and I'm feeling like I'm starting to get a fever. The alarm goes off at like 2.30 and I am dripping with sweat freezing and shaking and I'm just like I can't function I get that if we don't do this we're not gonna have any rent this month but I can't function (laughs) my poor friend so she goes without me I I can't remember she rode our bicycle the one you know the one bike I had bought for 20 bucks or if she drove but I remember she came home around 7 30 I'm like how did it go she's like okay it was interesting basically this guy this hippie guy in his VW bus, they loaded it up with newspapers, and then they went around from house to house and from business to business, and they dropped off all these newspapers, and then they came back, and that was the end of the day. They were done by like 7, so it was like 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock. Okay, great. Well, I was picturing a boy on a bicycle. Now, this was like a whole thing. You needed a car, and our car, my car was, you know, sucked. (laughs) 
it didn't work. So yeah, she tried, she went back for like a second or third night and the guy's like, you need to bring your own car and we need to use that. And so they tried, but it jerked and smoked and was so horrible that this guy with a VW hippie van was like, sorry, no dice. And boy, did we cry because we were like, well, that was it. That was our chance for paying the rent. And what the hell are we going to do now? So I can't remember, like, I think we, we hit rock bottom, basically. We were completely in despair. And in the meantime, she also, while we were traveling cross country and while we were there, we would play this game that she taught me, this card game called Spite and Malice. She must have beaten me like 150 times at this stupid game. And I, it, that's not good for a friendship when you're trying to relieve the stress to just like have one person just consistently pummeling you at a card game. I guess I do have a competitive side and that was not good for my self-esteem <laughs> anyway. But neither was having no money. And, but I, I, you know, I, I don't know if I worried necessarily as much as I was just like convinced we were going to make this happen because we didn't really have a fallback plan other than, you know, he had rented the apartment for six or 12 months. Um, I don't know how, <laughs> but we had an actual roof over our head. So we were like, that's a start. We have a phone. We have a roof over our head. I think within a week of hitting rock bottom, then we, f we started getting calls and she got a call to be a nanny, ended up being perfect. In fact, uh, this was, you know, 20 some years ago. She, I think she still is in touch with those kids that she was the nanny for. And I got the call from Kelly Temporary Services and the Kelly Temp place was in a town called Albany, which is like 10 to 15 miles away. So my car could make it, I could drive places, but it just was a little bit uncomfortable because of the jerking and the spewing of the smoke. And it just, it ate a lot of gas and I was broke. So it was like pouring money into the gas tank. So I, but I, I was desperate. I mean, I needed a job and I'm like, if they'll get me a secretary job, I'm hundred percent in. So I drove over there on the little country roads and I took the test. I remember like, vaguely remember sitting in their little computer lab um, taking a test on like word I'm gonna say like 2.0 I don't even know if that's a thing but it was a very early version of word and then a very early early version of Excel um, but I, I somehow I, I think I had learned to use those in college I sound like a crazy person but this was long ago enough ago that in when I was in college, Word was not the way you authored papers. In fact, you wrote them on a typewriter, or I had a very early Apple Macintosh-type computer, and then I would go to the computer lab and use some IBMs, but it wasn't Word. It was <sighs> Word Star, Word to your mother, I don't know, <laughs> Word something. So... I take the little test at Kelly Temp and they sign me up and I think, you know, I'm like, hey, okay, so do you have any secretary jobs for me? And they're like, uh, not really. We'll let you know if something comes in. Oh, I drove all the way back home and was just like, I can't believe it. Like, I was so excited by this possibility of a job and now they just said, nope. Um, oh my God, I didn't even get to the titanium plant yet. Okay, thanks for bearing with me. I... They called me back. They're like, there's a job at a titanium plant, but it's in Albany, which is 15 miles away. 
So I think I'm getting the timeline wrong. I think that we didn't buy the chair until this point. I think I finally got, because I had to go buy a bicycle from a college kid for 20 bucks. I don't even know how I did that. There was no Craigslist. I must have, maybe I saw it in the paper. Maybe I was bicycle. No, I bought a bicycle. I'm like, I'm going to do this. Now I am so, I'm 45 <laughs> and I am so lazy. I won't even walk to lunch some days at work. Like I'm so lazy. I was like, I'll just buy a bicycle and I will bike the 15 miles, the 13. I think it was like 13 and a half miles from my house to this place. And I had to be there by 7 or 8 a.m. So I had to leave the house. I remember leaving at like 5, 5.30 in the morning, riding a bicycle. <laughs> I just, I'm not even, I hadn't ridden a bicycle since I was a kid, but whatever. So I rode a little bit on the highway, which was very frightening. And then I had to cross like four lanes of traffic and then go down this little farm road. So once I got to the farm road, I would be fine. But you bike 15 or so miles, you know, 13 to 15 miles um, on an old country road with no shade and the sun's coming up in the summertime, you get sweaty. So I would show up at the office and then I think I would tr change into like a little dress that I had bought at Fred Meyer, which is like the grocery store here. And then I'm at the titanium plant. Okay. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So my first job at the titanium plant, they're like, come sit and be a receptionist. And this place was, again, like the Mad Men era almost. It, it was this old factory that was kind of stuck in time. And I came in and they sat me in this giant lobby in this like circle, circular desk that looked like something from outer space. And there was a huge switchboard and then I had to put a headset on. I had never used a switchboard and it was madness. And the lady just gave me this like two sheets of paper with all these extensions on it and just said, okay, bye, <laughs> and left me there. And like people would call and I could not figure out how to transfer them. It still gives me the, I'm just, it was nerve wracking, but I figured it out. I don't know, I did it for a couple of days. Then they're like, okay, you're gonna replace Delora while she's out on maternity leave. So I did that. I worked, I, I just did secretarial stuff. But the exciting part, I did that for a little while. Then they're like, okay, you're going to work for Cleo now because Dolores back from maternity leave. Well, Cleo, I'm thinking now it must have been short for Cleopatra, right? Do you think that Cleo, do people name their kids Cleo and it's just Cleo or is it short for Cleopatra? So I go work for Cleo and Cleo says things like bullpucky and get her done and she has horses and it's like a cowgirl and I had never met someone like Cleo before and I was kind of fresh from the East Coast and I do remember one time coming in the office and going nice pants like just joking around thinking I don't know what I was thinking and she was like oh thank you I got them you know at Fred Meyer or whatever and I was like Oh, oops. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, uh, I realized like quickly on moving to the West coast that you can't, those sarcastic, like ripping on people only works in certain situations and those situations are kind of few and far between. So, um, I'm working for Cleo. She would do things like say, I'm going on a staycation. And I, I was, that was the first time I had heard of that too. I was like, what does that mean? She's like, oh, it means I go on vacation, but I don't go anywhere. <laughs> to this day, I'm not sure I understand. Well, no, I'm getting older now. I understand that concept. But at the time I was like, 
what is she talking about? She doesn't, she goes on vacation, but she doesn't go. Anyway, this is amazing. So Cleo's job, as far as I could tell, was there were these titanium, it was a titanium plant. They made titanium ingots, which I don't know what that is, but I love the name. And they made ingots for airplanes and for military uses. I don't know. And I don't know. And she had these reports that they would, when they were smelting the titanium, they would print off these reports. It was like a um, picture, like a medical machine, you know, where it's like, and it goes up and down and it's like a, you know, an up and down line. That's what she would have these reports. They were like these big, long papers and she would spread them out across her desk. So she's like, I'm going on my staycation. I want to train you. Okay. So she spreads these papers out. She's like, okay, now we, our job is to make sure that the, um, you know, the lines up and down, that they don't go above a certain threshold or below a certain threshold. You just want them to be, you know, like, cause that means there was a problem in the smelting process and that could relate, um, uh, that could, what's the word? <laughs> Problems in the smelting process could result that's the word, in um, inconsistencies in the titanium, and that could be dangerous. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just for airplanes, like no big deal. <laughs> so she would give me these things. And so she, but she, there was nothing to do there. This place was like one of those places where you, it was extreme, watch the clock. So it was just so boring. So she had a stack of like 10 per day, maybe 20, right? A good day was when there were 20. So her job for most of the day was chatting with people to kill time and then looking at these reports. So she gives me a stack of like 10 of them and well, probably not even, she gives me like four or five because she can't let go of all of these. She's like, okay, you take these four and I'm going to work on these other ones. So I'm like, okay. So I go in the other room and I look at the first one and there's like some erratic behavior on there. <laughs> so I come back. I'm like, hey, um, Cleo, there's, um, it looks like, is this one out of range here? And she's like, oh, no, no, that one's fine. I'm like, oh, because you said, she's like, no, no, that looks, that looks normal. Okay, great. Thank you. And then I go back in the other room and I'm like, this is, uh, and so I look at the next, I'm like looking farther down down the on the strip thing and I'm like oh there's another one this one looks really bad I gotta go <laughs> like take it back out to her I'm like hey Cleo uh you know there's a, something it's not good with the line here <laughs> she's like oh no no that's totally normal I'm like okay it's you know inside I'm thinking people's lives are at stake but you know that's that's cool it's it's these lines look like someone just had a massive heart attack and you know the titanium is definitely unsafe but you know it's I guess that's what you want okay so I go back to my little office and then like I'm like fuck I gotta do it one more time you know for the children do it for the children I don't know so I go back one more time I'm like Cleo how about this one? Does this one look? And she's like, nope, nope, that one's fine. And that was when I realized, like, and then she was looking at me like, oh, really? You know, she, <laughs> I learned, like, you don't fuck with Cleo. You don't mention anything wrong with any report. There's never a problem. And, I, you know, my husband watches those air disasters things. I've never seen, I've never heard a story of the plane going down because the titanium wasn't smelted properly. So apparently Cleo knew what she was doing. Um, and okay, that was the first part of the story was my buddy Cleo, who was, she was a very nice woman actually. But I just, that job was like, because it was a plant, we worked in the office side of the plant, but there was like a plant where there were people, you know, with like 
those face things on those masks uh like a soldering a welding mask you know and they're like smelting the stuff and there was splatters of it it was really cool Um, but we worked in the office part and the office part had to take the same breaks as the factory part so at 10 a.m every morning from 10 to 10 15 we would all go in this break room that looked like it was from the 60s and we would from 10 to 10 15 like oh my god this one group of people like what is life about really this one group of people would come every day like four or five people, they'd sit at a table and they'd play a card game. And as soon as 10:15 hit, they'd put the cards down and go back to work. Then at noon, you'd have like from 12 to 12:30 off, and they would pick up the card game and play from like 12 to 12:15, and then eat their lunch from 12:15 to 12:30. And then again at like three, there was another 15 minute break. They'd come back, they'd play cards for the 15 minutes, they'd put it back, and every day of their lives went on like that. And I just there was so little to do and people would just make small talk about horses and it was a very, it just made for very long days. And then of course I would have to ride my bicycle home in the blazing afternoon sun with no shade and I would lay down and take a rest in the cemetery that was at the end of the path and, but I did it, you know, I rode the thing, I rode the bicycle. Okay, (laughs) here's the story I wanted to tell at the very beginning. So if you're still hanging with me, I hope you are, because hopefully this will be worth it for you. Um, I don't know. But let's see. So I'm at the titanium plant, and I had studied French in college just a little bit. Like, I'd spent a semester in France. I'd studied. I shouldn't say a little bit. I don't. I I, I studied a lot. (laughs) I rocked the shit out of that French. I studied it, like, mad. And then I went to a, a French family, and I was like, orange. And they were like, you suck. And then after six months, I figured it out. So I knew French. So I was like dreaming in French by the end of it. I was fluent. And this had been only like a year before I was at the titanium plant. So I was still fresh in my head, pretty fresh with my French. And somebody said, oh, the French Navy is coming to get titanium ingots for their uh, Navy ships. Uh, Maybe they're not called ingots, titanium plates for their Navy ships. And they didn't use a French accent. But in my head, I heard it like, ooh, la, 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 French Navy. And so I was like, I got I to gotta figure this shit out. I guess I'm pretty devious after all. I didn't realize I had this in me. But I heard that the French men were coming. And I was like, this is, I got to rock this somehow. I got to, I got to spin my $6 an hour um, job into like some, oh. and by the way, I was working nights at the Circle K, which is another story I'll tell sometime. Uh, because that's, I have some amazing stories from the Circle K. Anyway, I'm, I'm at the titanium plant. I'm in Cleo's office and I hear like in the room next door, there's like a conference room and I hear like, la 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 la. Like I hear some French shit going on and I'm like, oh my God. And then I hear them kind of leave the conference room and I hear them go down toward the break room where the cards are on the table that that room there and I'm like oh oh I gotta go fake I have to oh so I (laughs) I'm like oh Clea I'm going to the restroom so I get up and I go down the hall and I go in the break room and the Frenchmen are in there and they're convening with themselves in French and they're having like a very heated conversation and I go and I stick my head in the refrigerator like pretending that I'm looking for something even though I have no food and I'm just like blah 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 so I go in the fridge and then I turn around and I go, oh, vous parlez français? And they were like, what? 
they're like what vous parlez francais and I was like yeah and they were like oh oh you need to come with us and I was like fuck yes so they go we're having this meeting and we could really use someone who speaks French and English and I'm like hello the girl in the five dollar Fred Meyer dress could totally help you so I we I can't believe it but they took me to their meeting so we we go to this meeting it's again it's like 11 a.m and so they're talking and they didn't really need my help I think there was a few times when they kind of looked to me to help translate but shit they're talking about like um the degree at which metal becomes liquid (laughs) or I don't know they're using a bunch of technical terms and when you're a college girl in France and you're like hanging at the clubs you're not speaking about titanium or smelting like you don't know the words in French for titanium and smelting so you're just like ha 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 I don't know. That makes me sound like I'm a dumb dumb, but I'm not. So I was in the meeting with them and I helped a very, very little. And then the meeting sort of abruptly ends and the guy who was from the titanium plant, like some dude in charge, let's just say his name was Rick. Rick gets up and is just like, okay, well, we didn't bring in lunch. We didn't cater any lunch today. So you're just kind of on your own for lunch. Okay. See you around one. And I was like, oh, shit okay like whatever it's I'm stuck okay so I just I'm like getting up to leave and the Frenchmen say oh where should we go get lunch you know we're hungry and I'm like oh my god you're asking the wrong person because number one I had no money I never ate out I never went to restaurants I barely it was like splurging to go to McDonald's or something like I just didn't have money for that I was eating my my meals most days of the week were a flat tortilla with some refried beans like from a can spread on them like a few scoops of refried beans and then some sprinkled cheese and I would microwave that and I would eat like two or three of those that was pretty much every meal except maybe breakfast and it was gross but it you know it was sustenance. So I was like, I don't know where to go. I have no, and not only that, but I rode my bicycle every day, right? So I went on farm town, farm town, farm town, like farm road, and then got to the titanium plant. So I had no good advice for these men, but I also felt a little bit responsible. And I thought I was funny. And so I just go, oh, well, and I, because I thought, oh, yeah, there's a Taco Bell, like there's on the corner there. I just said, oh, you can go to Taco Bell, but, <laughs> and in my head also, I was thinking, well, these are, you know, very important businessmen. They're not going to go to Taco Bell. Like, that's too fancy for these businessmen, or it's not fancy enough, you know, Taco Bell. It's a joke, right? Well, I didn't see them again that day. Like, I think they had other meetings. I really don't know, but... The next morning, somebody comes back to Cleo's office and says, Hey, Suzanne, they want you in the conference room. The French Navy men are asking for you. And I'm like, oh boy. So I go to this other room, and it's like a big conference room. And um, I'm trying to think how this happened, but I get, I show up. There's like, there were five of them, I think, four or five. And f- three, like, let's just say there were five. Four of the five were laughing, and the fifth one was pissed as all get out and I said what hi good morning you know and they said oh um you know we went to Taco Bell for lunch yesterday and I said you did 
And they go, yes, and uh, Jacques over here, he has very bad stomach sickness. And I'm just like, oh, shit. And Jacques is just staring daggers at me. And I'm like, I, I said it was a, c'était une blague, like a, it was a joke. And they're like, a joke? <laughs> like Jacques did not find it very funny. And I was just like, oh, fuck. So that was like mortal humiliation. And I really didn't help much in that meeting either. And they left town and I just thought, well, there you go. That was my brush with fame. I, I got them to invite me to their meeting. I gave the one poor man diarrhea all night for eating garbage food that they should have known better. But how the hell would they know? I wouldn't know if they said go to some French shithole. I'd be like, okay, sure. Oh. <laughs> so poor Jacques was all ill. So then more time goes by. I'm working at the Circle K, working at the titanium plant. And um, <laughs> they are like, the Frenchmen are coming back. They're coming back to see and they want they specifically requested that you attend their meetings. And I was like, are you kidding? Like Jacques has forgiven me for the diarrhea. This is so exciting. So they did come back. And I went with them. I, I met up with them and they were super freaking friendly this time. They were so kind to me. I think they must have known I was just like so broke. And they ended up like I had I knew nothing about business. I still don't really. But they took me out to like the fanciest lunches in the town, which to me, it could have been a Wendy's or not a Wendy's, but you know, it could have been like a diner. And I was just like, oh, this is so fancy. I don't know why I had a French accent there. <laughs> this is so fancy. And it was like, they were totally stalling. Like they, we went to the one guy's house that was under construction. We, I can't, I just like, we went all around town to like, look at farm fields. They were just basically stalling because they didn't have the stuff ready. We went to the one part of the factory with them and they looked at the titanium that was these plates that were out there and they were like, mm hmm, it's too slow, the progress, you know. And then um, at the end of the time that they were there, it was probably only two or three days, but it seemed like it was just crazy. We, the last day they were there, we had this big meeting with all these, like, like the owners of the company or something, the titanium owners and the Frenchmen and me. And it was so amazing because the Frenchmen were fired up and they were like these this titanium is not ready in time and we are sick of waiting and you have been delayed and and then they would say that and then they would pause and they would look over at me and I would just be like and like they would say it in French obviously that's you know they're speaking French they would get so fired up in French and then I would shout it in English just because I was trying to say what they said. You know, I'm like, they said this is unacceptable. They said they don't understand what's taking so long. They said if you don't stay on time for the rest of this project, they're going to start, you know, pulling back their funds or something. I don't know. And it was just, it only lasted like 20 minutes, but they just, they were yelling and I got to yell. <laughs> which I don't know if I could ever do now, but it was like I was just channeling them. And then every time I would like, they would yell, then I would yell. Then I would look back at the main guy and he would like nod like, yes, I'm very happy with your translation. And I was just like, yes. Anyway, and that was my story about the French Navy. Oh, 
Um, next time I will maybe tell the Circle K story because I love it. I feel like throwing it on the end. Let me look at my notes and see if I missed anything. Okay, I was a receptionist. I rode my bike. Cleo, get her done. Bullpucky. Her pants. Oh, she would check the stock all the time because it was sort of the beginning of the internet and they could check the stock price. Um, Circle K, the French Navy, first meeting, Taco Bell, $6 an hour. Okay, I think that was it. Um, the last thing I did want to say about maybe a few months ago, I went down to Oregon. I kind of had like a vision quest. <laughs> I put on a Fred Meyer dress and rode the bicycle. No, I, but I did drive down there and I stayed in a hotel for the weekend and I retraced my path. And I'm telling you, I drove my car along the route that I used to take on my bicycle it was unbelievably long. Like if you told me today to ride my bike along that route, I would have just been like, no freaking way. No. And not only that, but I like used the map on my phone and I figured out there was actually a shorter route that would not have required me to go on a four lane highway. <laughs> so I'm lucky that I lived, but I also like I had an atlas and the atlas didn't show that level of detail, which is why I went on the highway. And if I had had a phone, I could have saved myself maybe a few miles, but it, it was still pretty, would have been pretty crazy. And I drove past the titanium plant. It's no longer a titanium plant. It was called Ormet Titanium, if you want to do some research. In fact, maybe I'll try to put some stuff on the website, SuzanneYagley.com, about uh, the titanium plant. Because I did find a couple old articles, and it was kind of neat. And I actually am nostalgic for it. I mean, I never would have, I've never spoken French as part of a job before or since. And uh, I don't think I could at this point. It's been so long. Um, and I I just, <laughs> I don't know. I've never worked at a titanium plant before or since. Um, I don't know if I ever would again either. Um, I used to have chunks of titanium that they let me keep from the factory, but I think I finally got rid of those. Um, it was a great time in my life. And I have some more job stories. Um, I'll just rattle a couple off just to whet your appetite in case um, in case you're just like, uh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I worked at a donut shop on the midnight shift. I worked at the JCPenney catalog taking phone orders. Um, I worked at the Circle K. I worked at a ski lodge in Vermont. Um, let's see. I worked at my dad's company for years and years. They were, it was in construction. So I always have a soft spot for construction workers. Um, where else did I work during those years? I worked at the titanium plant. Oh, I worked at the processor upgrade plant. I talked about that on one of the early podcast episodes and uh, I don't know. There's a few more in there somewhere. Um, but Hey, thank you again for listening. Um, let me know if you prefer me telling a story, if you prefer if I interview other people. I'm just going to do what I feel like doing. I am just going to tell a story if I feel like telling a story. I'm going to interview my insane daughter if I feel like interviewing her. And honestly, you don't have to listen to those if they're annoying. I Some people don't want to hear people's kids. I totally get it. Um, and sometimes I'll talk to friends. Sometimes I'll talk to other people I haven't interviewed. Um, I just volunteered to do this thing that I'm so excited about, which is um, there's this organization in Seattle called Lighthouse for the Blind, and it's their centennial celebrations. They've existed for 100 years giving services to the blind. 
and or to blind people and um, they need somebody to do interviews for them so I'm going to do some interviews and I don't think it's going to be on the podcast but I'm just still excited to interview people and um, on the McSweeney's website if you feel like it recently I Oh, yeah, I mentioned I interviewed the guy with the booby bouncy house. Um, I also recently interviewed a woman who was a Jimmy John's delivery driver. And I honestly should have her on the podcast because she was so knowledgeable and so excited about it. And it was way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. And then I also interviewed another woman who manages a historical uh, footage archive, which is another interesting job that I hadn't really... I don't know. It's not... It's no boob bouncy house but it was still really interesting okay if you've listened this far i thank you so much you're so kind and um yeah we'll just keep doing this and see how it goes and yeah not be judgy on myself (laughs) that's a plan (laughs) of this mantra don't judge yourself don't judge that other people can do that just fine okay thanks for listening everybody um talk to you guys next time Bye.